You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. You didn't survive all the hell that you went through to have a mediocre marriage. Come on, you're worthy of passion. You're worthy of more than enough. Come on, abundance in your marriage. And so we're going to step into that. But we're going to talk about sex. Don't sing this song. Okay, sing it. No, I'm just kidding. I want to lit, 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 lit. No. No. I'm too churchy. I'm too churchy. I can't. Okay. You know what's funny? I know somebody right now was like, I found my church. I was skeptical, but now I'm home. Somebody was like, honey, I can go to this church. <laughs> Y'all ain't listening to Ride on Hey, King no, no, Jesus. but, but let, me, let me just tell on, you this. Yeah. So why does the devil and the world That's have right. to corner the market on sexuality? That's right. You know, listen, God invented, the, he invented sex, orgasms. He invented the mechanics of it. He knew what he was doing. He gives revelation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're like too far. So here's the thing I want to tell you guys, though. And there was a study that was completed in 2019. This blew my mind because, listen, I'm a scientist. I'm like an armchair philosopher, armchair scientist. And so let's look at the facts. Forget about, look, I know that some of you here are like, I'm not a Christian. They quoted the Bible. It was, I don't even, I throw that away tonight. But I want to bring you some science instead. Over 10,000 men and women from around the world were surveyed. That's a good sample set. Would we all agree? Over 10,000 people and the most sexually satisfied people in the world, they had this across nations, were religious people. Now, that's the term they use. But people who attended a religious worship experience once a week. Now, I'm just, now I typed in, now this is how I found this stat. And you can fact check me, millennials. <laughs> is that I typed in this phrase, most sexually satisfied people in the world. I clicked and I started reading the research And the World Family Map Survey, you can look this up, over 10,000 men and women around the world, and it was so revealing that the people who attended a weekly religious worship experience together as a couple, not separate, but they attended it together and they believed what they were worshiping in were the most sexually satisfied people on the planet. It's almost as if the one who created sex... (laughs) is the one that you're worshiping. And then when you weave God into the tapestry of your life, that not just your mind and your emotions get better, but so does your libido. <laughs> because what if I told you Jesus died so that your whole being would be saved, which includes every sex hormone and every appendage of your body. And you won't, and listen, I, I know it just got real awkward for somebody but I believe that Jesus came to save your sexuality too. And not, and not make it some weird, I feel guilty kind of thing, but also I'm, say, I'm saying Christians in the covenant of marriage 
should be having the kind of sex that literally makes the world say, we got to do, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to get married so I can experience what they're experiencing. And so we're here to take sex back. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the five lies that married couples believe about sex. So this is the five lies that married couples believe about sex. Now, before we go into the first lie, here are the benefits of getting your groove on. Lower blood pressure, better immune system. You want to fight COVID? I have the antidote. Better heart health, possibly including lower risk of heart disease, improved self-esteem. Come on now, improved self-esteem. Decreased depression and anxiety decreases. Increased libido. That's kind of like a no-duh. Who did, who did that study? Immediate natural pain relief. Come on, somebody. I feel a headache coming on. So when your wife's like, oh, no, I'm not in the mood. I have a headache. You're like, I got a solution. I got the antidote. It's science, babe. It's science. Come on, it'll kick in real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last, I'm sweating. Last but not least, you get better sleep. So, you know, when you're like, honey, I'm not in the mood, then they flip over and you hear TikTok. You're like, I'm going to help you get to sleep real quick. Okay, so let's go through the five lies. And I will say this, though, because you're like, Pastor Mike, what's your credentials? A satisfied customer. <laughs> come on now (laughs) let me give you another one when I uh, did my undergraduate I was at Indiana University I found out that the Kinsey Research Institute which is the largest sex education institute on the planet is in Bloomington, Indiana so of course I took every single class they offered and I'm not kidding. So I took every class that the Kinsey Sex Research Institute offered and uh, mobilized all of that information. <laughs> They're like, sir, this isn't your minor. You're like, I don't care. I'm majoring. <laughs> I'm majoring in this, okay? It's an official major. <laughs> so I say that because we want to debunk some of these things. So let's jump right in. Line number one, everybody has more sex than us. Now, we're pastors, which means that in the privacy of closed-door settings, people tell us what really goes on. We've literally observed couples in dinner conversations say that they, that, um, they have sex all the time and then come to our office for marriage counseling and say, we've only had sex once in the last three months. So your friends lie. I'm just telling you that straight up. So if you think that everybody's having more sex than you, that is a lie. I'm going to give you some research, and then, Jules, you can jump in. Um, It says, okay, this is kind of how it works for that lie. Typically, the statistic is 40 years old and over have sex once a week, married couples, and then 20 to 30-year-olds tend to average around twice a week. So that's the truth, okay? Yeah. No, I mean, I think when I grew up, uh, I grew up in... 
Christian culture, and um, many of it would probably be referred to as purity culture now. I mean, that's like a buzzword that people are using. Um, but we were we were taught to save ourselves for marriage, and and that's biblical. By the way, that's not purity culture. That's not toxic. That's the Bible. So you can go do your research on that. Um, but we were told to save ourselves for marriage. What they didn't tell us is what to do after you get married. Yeah. So they told me your husband's gonna want to have sex every hour of the day and it's gonna be wild and crazy and then you know you get married and you're like man three times a week's kind of a lot you know like this is intense you know we're busy we're working we're in college like I'm not sure and so I thought that because we were at that time more infrequent than other people that we had this crazy now we had other issues but I wish somebody would have told me you know what like Let's talk about this. So you can talk about it a little deeper. I'm going to give you a wisdom key. It's quality, not quantity. I mean, you could have sex every day, and uh, it's not quality. And so what happens in that, in that setting is like you're checking your checkbox off, and the frequency's there, but it's not quality. And so we would always say like quality over quantity yeah. is like really investing in. Like, like if it's once a week, make it count. Go yeah. all out. You know, if it's, and I'm talking about that being a mutually exclusive, you know what I mean? Like mutually agreed upon. It's one thing if another, if, if one spouse wants to have sex more than the other, then you have to go on that journey. But you're, you, know, you guys know what I'm saying. Most of the time you're on the same page about it, right? And I want to say this before we go to number two, and um, we've, we've learned this, is that everybody is different. And so what happens is, as we've grown together in our intimacy through communication, and vulnerability, the things that we've talked about. I've learned Julie. Julie's learned Mike. And I know this is really awkward to say this on a stage in front of thousands of people, but um, you can't rock my world like she can rock my world because you don't know me like she knows me. And so it's just like, there's something about, now, when I was in the Kinsey Research, uh, Sex Research Institute, they said that long-term monogamous opposite gender couples reported the highest level of sexual satisfaction, and it increased with age. And so you would think that like, oh, when I was younger, sex was better. But that is not true. And I said this in a previous session, but the most powerful sex organ you have is not between your legs, it's between your ears. It's your brain. Matter of fact, how do we know that? As a teenager, many boys, as they're going through puberty, they have nocturnal emissions, which is an orgasm while they're sleeping. Nobody touches them physically. So their mind is powerful enough in a dream to actually produce an orgasm. So for guys who are like, I'm just not attracted to my wife, I'm like, get your mind right. This is not a physical thing. It's a mental thing manifesting physically. And I want to talk about pornography because pornography-induced erectile dysfunction is on the rise. And you've got guys that have created this fantasy that is not reality, and they've made love to a screen more than a woman, and a woman doesn't do, them for, do it for them anymore. And so you've got to actually deal with the root of the problem. It's your mind. It is, and so there are physical mechanics to it. And I, and I do want to be honest with you. If all you've ever watched is pornography, you don't know how to make love to a woman. Somebody just realized I don't know what I'm doing. 
Because pornography is made for men by men about what they think men want. And it's, it's a fantasy. And so let me just tell you this. Here's a great question to ask while you're having sex. Do you like this? Do you want this? Do I keep going? Do I stay at the same pace right here or right here? No, no. When you get more than two no's in a row, put my hand on the spot because I'm stupid. (laughs) And what begins to happen over time is you learn what she wants, how she wants it. You learn. Listen, blindfolded, you'll know where. And I just want to tell you that when you're watching pornography and everything, and I, can I go really graphic? I mean, we've already, we're going. <laughs> when you're watching pornography and everything's vaginal orgasm, and then you're doing that and you're like, and then the woman's like, I've got to fake an orgasm because he thinks that this is how it happens. Then you get to this point where it's like, you wonder why she's not interested. We had a story we were talking about the other day where we were at a marriage conference just like this and they did this Q&A in the audience. And the question was, um, how, how did they word the question like, um, which partner asked the other partner to have sex? Remember that? Remember that? And you had these little paddles and you would go back and forth. This is, this is a room with more people than are here in this room. And it was like, you know, all of the husbands were like begging their wives to have sex. And out of the entire room, Julie was the only one who was like, I beg Mike. <laughs> and, and it was so funny because it started like a joke. And then all the leaders in the room were like, someone go send a microphone back to that man. <laughs> For real, this really happened. Like somebody sent a microphone. How do we get our, our wives to ask us for sex? Like it was like the whole conference shifted. Do you want to tell them? <laughs> oh, you want me to tell them? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was. <laughs> We're not even a lie number two yet. No, I know. I'm like, man, I'm already sweating. Um, no, I mean, it. we... T- in the movies, you don't see the kitchen table conversation about sex, right? You see two people just letting it happen, and there's wind blowing, and there's can't... Okay, that, like, might happen a couple times in your life, but let me just tell you, our sex is great because we talk about it before we have it. That Dur- isn't... Before, during, and, and after. all of it. And every time we do it, she says, this is the best time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Shush, go to point number two. <laughs> but let me tell you why, though. It's, it's this simple. Listen, if you're selfish in bed, you're probably selfish in every other area of your marriage, too. And, and, and I wasn't good at rocking her world. Like, when we first got married, she was just like, wow, this is awesome. Um, but it's funny because in all that marriage counseling, remember I told you I was, men, remember I told you I was going to get you there, men. When I started getting better at serving Julie, it infiltrated every area of our life. It was a mindset. It was a mindset. And so, yeah. you know, so let's go to line number two. Wait, real it kinda, quick. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I want to read this scripture because if you're like, well, what does the Bible say about this? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Proverbs five fifteen through 19. Yeah. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares? 
let them be yours alone. In other words, you don't take your sexuality and spread it all over the place. You don't talk about it with your girlfriends. You don't talk about it or complain about it with this person and that person. You don't air it out on Facebook. Did y'all hear me? You don't let your love, your intimacy, you don't put that out on public display. Let it be yours and yours alone. Never to be shared with strangers, a.k.a. pornography, a.k.a. outsiders, a.k.a. side chicks. Okay? May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. And boys, listen to this. May her breast satisfy you always, and may you ever be intoxicated with her. And love. we all the said, Bible talks "Amen." About sex. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all like I've been to Catholic church my whole life, and we never read that scripture. <laughs> may her breast satisfy there you. you. Come on, somebody. The Bible is not boring. You know this leads to number two. Here's a lie. Here's a lie. I can't be my fantasy. What if I told you that? When you spread out your sexual passion across pornography, your coworker that you inappropriately flirt with, work wife, your work wife, your work husband, you dilute the potency of your passion. What if I told you that because I'm not giving my passion to pornography and to other people that when I bring it to one woman it's more potent. Ooh. So here's the lie, I can't be my fantasy. Here's the thing. You need to be honest about what you want, and then you need to serve each other and be willing to serve each other in that way. And so the top needs of a woman in sex is affirmation, connection, even non-sexual touch. You know, learning that um, sometimes a back massage can lead to more. Praise God. Um, but sometimes it's even like, hey, I've literally even been in a moment where I put my hand on the small of her back and walked her through a door. And then later on that night, she was like, I just felt you, it, you're just that masculine energy of like, my guys got me as we're walking through this place. Like how you act with her in public will determine how explosive it is in private. See, if you have public disagreements that turn into private explosions of arguments, you can publicly honor her and cover her and publicly look at her and, and, and then privately it'll cause an explosion, if you know what I mean. Number three is this. Now this, because that is sex. Sex is, okay, watch this. Why is sex so satisfying when you're cheating? It's because of the buildup leading to it. Foreplay happens before the bedroom. And so there's an opportunity for you to actually create foreplay in your marriage. Matter of fact, there's an app that we even have. It's like literally a Christian app where you can sext each other. <laughs> you are going all of our secrets. They are out there. But Julie found ahead. an app that is like not your iMessage that your secretary's logged in on. And there is a Christian app that we could probably link to this where you can create those spaces where the way you talk to each other before the bedroom experience even happen produces the results within the bedroom. Yeah. So and I will say, I, some of you, especially where's my church girls at, okay, we can be a little bit prudish, all right? 
So I am giving you permission, and if you need help, I have a resource for you. Um, there is a book called um, Intended for Pleasure. It's all about sex. You Intended can, It's a Christian book about sex called Intended for Pleasure. I see y'all writing it down. Go get you. Okay. <laughs> The app that I recommend is a Christian app called Ultimate in Intimacy. I think it's, it's very inexpensive. And it will actually tell you. Yeah, this is wild. What to do. With a timer. <laughs> with a timer. <laughs> so like if you're at the point where you're just like, I need to know new positions. I need strategy. This app is ridiculous. What, God bless you. Yeah, from whoever right made this app. So Julie showed me at dinner, and our waitress came up, and we were like, we put our phones down. <laughs> and then I no, was like, started talking out no, 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 I did that on purpose. <laughs> it has a guided thing where you press the play button, and it was like, go behind no, no. your partner. <laughs> Enter your partner from behind. And it's, it reads it out loud. 17 more, and this is a Christian app. It's Christian, yes. And I pressed play in the restaurant, and I it looked at her, I was so like, <laughs> but but that's just us. Remember, fun will fix your relationship. Okay? Somebody's down, somebody's tonight. like, I never once downloaded the V1 Church mobile app, but I just downloaded that one. Okay, we got to pick up the pace go ahead, next. Go ahead, go ahead. Number three, our libidos should match. Your libidos will probably not match. When I was younger, my libido, my, when we first got married, mine was higher than Julie's. And then as Julie got older, they matched. Then we kind of met in the middle. And, you know, we've had seasons. So here's the thing. Don't be mad at your partner for your libido not matching. Remember, quality over quantity. And so don't, because what will happen is if you put negativity around that rejection, you're, you're mentally priming them in the wrong direction. And so if your libido doesn't match, just be intentional. Don't make them feel bad about it because once you guilt trip them, that's a turnoff. Also, Nobody's yeah. ever said, man, you just treated me like garbage for not wanting to sleep with you. I really want to sleep with you now. It's more like I really want to sleep on the couch now. And so don't prime yourself for a loss. Yeah, and I will say uh, sex is intentional. The movies make it look accidental. It makes the it pizza look guy. emotional. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but real life, not Instagram, not TikTok, not pornography, not motion pictures, real life sex is extremely intentional, intentional, and based on communication. I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. Yeah. So. Number four is this. Sexual chemistry. This is a lie that people believe that sexual chemistry should be instant and it should be easy. Now, just because when you were younger, it was instant and easy, right? That doesn't mean that married sex is that way. And I'm going to say something really crazy. But using lubrication, I know this is like, wow, this is my pastor. We're going there. Uh, but you, some of you have never been told 
Using lubrication doesn't mean that your partner's not aroused. It got real quiet. Because you go in different seasons of healthy and sometimes a medication. Even, There's a million different. So reasons. here, sex and leading to orgasm is like the tension increases and it increases. It's like going up the roller coaster, and then at the top of it, you do the big drop, right? And so sometimes that that journey of increasing tension is different for every person. Sometimes it takes people a while to get their mind engaged. And so maybe when you're younger, it happened quicker. And so you've got to give each other the space to go a little bit longer on that journey and understand that sexual chemistry should, you know, it shouldn't always be instant and easy. And so um, you've got to understand that. I know that for us over the years, we've seen that there's times where we've been like, let's have sex in the car. Like, we want to do it now. No one's riding. This has not happened on the LIE, <laughs> and this has not happened in our current vehicle. <laughs> um, but there's been times where we've just been like, it's instant, you know? But then there's been other times where it's just like this, you know, we have a show on, and I can't tell you how many times we've had sex to friends that, you know, friends episodes on the background, <laughs> you know? And you're just like, ah, we've already seen this one. The real show's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, or some Christian programming, and then we just say, just turn that off. I feel convicted. But here's the thing. That was a slow buildup. It's not instant. And so here's, the, here's the, the last one, and this is the big takeaway. Sex, this is a lie, people believe. Number five, sex is just physical. I'm going to read you Hebrews chapter 13, verse four. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. And so there's a purity to it as well, but there's a passion. I believe that your best sex life is ahead of you, not behind you. The science proves it, but it's going to be as you learn to serve each other, as you learn to communicate with each other, as you learn to honor. You know, something I always have felt guilty about is that when we used to have people over to our house in our younger years, uh, early years of marriage, you know, I would have these frustrations with my wife, things I was mad at her about, and I would talk bad about her. I would joke, and Julie would be the butt of my jokes. Like, Julie, have you ever seen a man do that? You guys have been in that situation where it gets awkward, and, and it was like she was the... Um, you know what I mean? It was like I was speaking down to her and it was funny. And it took, as I got more mature, I realized I was the only person laughing. And then all of a sudden you want to go from that moment to the most mind-blowing sex you've ever had in your life. And those two realities are incompatible. And so some of you are just like, well, why is it that when I cheated, I had better sex? I'll tell you why. Because you honored a woman who wasn't your wife more than your wife. And the way that you made her feel outside of the bedroom produced what you felt in the bedroom. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your wife. It means that there's everything wrong with the way you treat your wife. And so sex is not physical. It's the physical part of sex is the last and final part of it. And, you know, as we begin to go on that journey, and there were times, too, where we were learning things like sex doesn't have to be goal-oriented. 
There's going to be some times where you don't have an orgasm or there's going to be times where she doesn't have an orgasm. But as you go on that journey of growing together in intimacy, I'm telling you, you will begin to learn things about each other. And you know what intimacy is, and this is what romance is. And once I give this definition, I think it's going to open your eyes. The definition of romance, romance is mystery. It's that simple. Praise God. (laughs) Some angels like, start playing your harp now. People are about to make love. I don't know what that sound was. It was angelic. I never thought I'd be giving an emotional speech about orgasms. We've laughed a lot tonight, but um, the reality is God made you with as a sexual creature. And it's funny how like we're, see what, what Eddie and, and Will and Randall talked about is the, the journey from your heart to your head. But see, God wants to connect your entire being, which includes your sexual identity. And so for me, I always felt like I had to go outside of marriage for sex. But what I realized is that the mystery was drawing me in. See, Julie's not the same person I married. And you know what? That's a good thing because I knew that person very well, but I have someone that I can continue to get to know. And so that mystery is never ending. I can pray daily and date weekly because I've got to get to know the newest version of her. And so it's like I'm having sex with this familiar person and a new person at the same time. And that's the only what marriage can offer is that they, because Jesus, you know, it's, you learn this thing. God says, I make my mercies new every day. And so because Julie is a new person every day, it's like I'm having sex with someone new and someone familiar at the same time. And you can never find that anywhere other than marriage. I will say, you know, marriage is the only place where you can have your sexual desires righteously fulfilled. And here's the thing. I want to speak because not everybody in here is a Christian. Some of you may have just said, hey, I just need some life skills. My marriage is going in the tanker. I saw this marriage conference and here I am. I don't even believe in God. I'm talking to you for a second. See, one of the top five needs in sexual intimacy for a woman, this wasn't for a man, it was for a woman, was spiritual intimacy. This is secular. This is not Christian. Spiritual intimacy, connection, deep-rooted connection. And so you might be saying, you know what, Julie, I'm here. I showed up. I don't know if I believe all this. I don't know what to do, but I do want to experience intimacy with my wife. I want to go on this journey. I want to tell you some practical ways that you, maybe as a spouse who's either new in the faith or not in the faith at all, can connect on a spiritual level. So if that's you, I want you to really, really listen here. Here's a way that you can participate in spiritual intimacy is that you can say, hey, honey, I know that prayer is important to you. I'd like to sit next to you while you pray. You're just taking a step. Take a step. Or you might say, hey, um, I know we usually listen to music in the car. I'd love to put on the worship music that you like. Because some of you are experiencing these barriers that you're never going to conquer if you don't strike in, in your sexuality, if you don't strike the match of spiritual intimacy. Because whether or not you believe it as a spouse, men, as the leader of your home, whether you believe it or not, you're leading. And so I want to challenge you to take 
this step to say, you know what? I've never participated as a man in spiritual intimacy, but I'm going to take a step because I care so much about my wife's heart and what she needs. I want to tell you something crazy. You know, one of the reasons why over 2,600 couples signed up for tonight is because you've all watched me pray for people all around the world. You've seen me cast out demons, preach, throw down. But did you know that there was a season many years ago where I didn't even have the courage to pray with my own wife? There's something I could pray for anyone else around the world. I couldn't pray with my own wife. And I I wanted to have this mind-blowing sexual experience with her, but I wasn't willing to have spiritual intimacy with her. Isn't it weird how the world will teach us how to take off our clothes, but never teach us how to take off our mask? I remember I grabbed her hand, stuttering, stammering, totally awkward, and I just said, I want to pray for you, Julie. And I began to pray for my wife. The Holy Spirit begin to enter the room. Something begin to shift. I'm a junior, Michael Thomas Signorelli Jr. Did you know Michael Thomas Signorelli Sr. never prayed for his wife? There's some things that ran in my family, but I had to decide they run out with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You all can have your pornographic fantasies, but the end of it is death and destruction. I want to become one with my spouse. We begin to pray. In a few moments, all around the world, and I believe that there's couples who are in the home where the domestic violence has occurred. You're in the home where the infidelity occurred. That's the beauty of this broadcast. Some of you are like, I wish so badly I could be on Long Island. What if I told you that the Holy Spirit needed you to be in the same place where everything was broken? so that you can watch him put together the pieces. We're about to do a global vow renewal. We started our first session as your marriage counselors, and you've done such a good job. And I think you're ready to renew your vows together with us. And we're going to create a holy moment where you covenant to each other again, and you renew that in your heart. Because you know what? Anybody can have sex. But oneness, oneness, coming together, no division, no separation. That's what God destined for you. And that can last a lifetime. Genesis chapter 2. This is only the second chapter in the Bible. And it says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one body. Mark chapter 10, verses six through nine. But at the beginning of creation, God made the male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the two will become one body so that no longer the two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one, nothing, not a cell phone, technology, not somebody on the job, not you're not somebody. God's let no one separate. Let no one separate how beautiful you are and how pleasing my love. This is Song of Songs, chapter 7, verse 6 through 12. This is scripture. God thought so highly 
of the sexuality that he created within you that even the holy scriptures give you access for how to talk. Listen to this, how beautiful you are and how pleasing my love and your delights. Your stature is like that of a palm and your breasts like clusters of fruit. Stop it. (laughs) I said, I will climb that palm tree and I'll take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like clusters of grapes on the vine and the fragrance of your breath like apples and your mouth like the best wine. Isn't it funny how Satan is not creative? He's a counterfeiter. Oftentimes, alcohol destroys marriages. But in Song of Psalms, it says, when I come in to kiss you deeply, let it be like wine intoxicating me. See, God's got something waiting for you in your marriage. He does, yeah. I mean, God has a covenant sign and seal for everything. And sex is the covenant sign from God of marriage. Yeah. And so when we have sex with our partner, what we're doing is we're saying, I remember the covenant that I made with you. Yeah. I remember the vows that I said with you. And so as we step outside of our comfort zone, as we maybe do it more often or less often or whatever the needs are in your marriage, whatever you guys agree upon, what you're saying is, I remember why we started. You know, we had a marriage ministry before we became lead pastors called Refresh. And I feel a wave of refreshing coming over your marriage right now. The Bible says that when you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. And there's just a wave of refreshing. This is a new beginning. So we're going to do something around the world. We've got over, I remember how many countries, 29 countries watching right now. We've got a full room in the overflow and we have Indiana. So I want you to do this. Just face your spouse right now. Just hold both your hands together. And this is official because I'm a licensed ordained pastor. Now, if you're single, you're not allowed to participate. If you're engaged, you better wait. (laughs) Scoot over. I'm just kidding. There are some, as you're facing each other and just holding both of your hands, we're going to do a vow renewal together. But I want to do something. And before we do that, I want you to take like 20, 30 seconds And I want you to talk to your spouse, whether you're watching in your bedroom, your living room, here in the room. And if you need to tell them, I love you, I'm sorry, forgive me, I'm releasing something, today's the day I forgive you, whatever that is, I want to give you guys 20, 30 seconds, because then when we say these vows, it ends with a celebration. So take a little bit of time right now, and this is just a free open space, so don't let your moment pass you by, okay? Go ahead. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner for $27 a month 
or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there and I will see you in the next podcast episode.